Our enemies are gloating over this incident and using it everywhere to misrepresent our whole nation. We are portrayed as a violator of those standards of conduct which the people of the world united to proclaim in the Charter of the UN. There they affirmed faith in the fundamental human rights and in the dignity and worth of the human person, and they did so without distinction as to race, sex, language or religion. And so, with a deep confidence, I call upon the citizens of the state of Arkansas to assist in bringing to an immediate end all interference with the law and its processes. If resistance to the federal court order ceases at once, the further presence of federal troops will be unnecessary and the city of Little Rock will return to its normal habitats of peace and order and a blot upon the fair name and high honour of our nation in the world will be removed. This will restore the image of America and all its part as one nation invisible with liberty and justice for all. President Eisenhower this was Little Rock Nine, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. The Little Rock Nine were a group of nine African-American students enrolled in Little Rock High School, 1957. Their enrollment would be followed by the Little Rock Crisis. This would have the students blocked entering racially segregated school by Governor of Arkansas, Orville Phobos. President Eisenhower would intervene and this had them allowed to attend. The US Supreme Court issued a huge game changer with Brown v. Board of Education in May, on May 17, 1954. It would be linked to the 14th Amendment, which has to do with citizens' rights and equal protection under the law. The decision would declare segregated schools unconstitutional and called for desegregation of all schools all across the nation. After the decision, the NAACP, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, tried to register students to a once and all white schools throughout the site. Little Rock, which was in Arkansas, had their school board agree and go along with the ruling. Superintendent Virgil Blossom planned a gradual integration he submitted this to the school board on May 24, 1955, which was approved. The plan was to start in the autumn 1957. By this time, NAACP registered nine students to attend Little Rock High School. These nine were chosen due to their high grades and excellent attendance. They would become known as the Little Rock Nine, and they were Ernest Green, Elizabeth Eckford, Jefferson Thomas, Terence Roberts, Carlota Walls Lanier, Minnie Jean Brown, Gloria Ray Carmont, Thelma Mothershida, and Melba Patillo Beals. Integration started September 4th, and Arkansas National Guard were called to preserve the peace. At first, orders from the governor was to prevent the African American students entering with claims of immediate danger of turmoil, riot and breach of peace. President Eisenhower issued Executive Order 10730. This order federalized Arkansas National Guards on September 23rd and he ordered them to support integration so from then on the um, African American students were protected.
So looking back at Virgil Blossom's plan, at first the plan proposed integration to start quickly and to all grades within years. This though was scrapped and another plan came up that met the minimum requirements. The final plan set to start September 1957 was to integrate one school and that school was Little Rock Central High School. If it went well, then in 1960 it would branch out to a few junior high schools, allowing a few African-American students to attend. The last stage would happen in or around 1963, and this would involve limited desegregation of the city's grade schools. The plan was met with mixed reaction from NAACP of Little Rock. Little Rock. Some opposed it. To them, it was, a it was too vague, slow moving and almost stalling to prevent further integration. But it was approved with most feeling Blossom and the board should be given a chance to prove themselves, to prove the plan was fair and to prove the white community would accept it. But this happy compromise didn't last long. Changes came that meant students could move out of the attendance zone where they were assigned. The changes also had gerrymandered districts to make sure the black majority went to Horse Mans High School and the majority white went to Hall High. This had the African American students close to Central High being placed in Horace Mann. Doing this confirmed the school board's agenda to limit the impact of desegregation. The changes gave power to white students to choose not to attend Horace Mann, but would not allow black students to choose to attend Hall. NAACP were furious with the new plan. They tried to negotiate with the school board, but that failed. So NAACP filed a lawsuit on February 8, 1956. This, along with other factors, contributed to the Little Rock school crisis of 1957. Several would threaten to protest at Central High. The African-American students were physically blocked from entering the school. Orville Phobos, the Arkansas government, sent in the Arkansas National Guard to support the segregationists on September 4, 1957. The image of soldiers blocking the students made national news. Elizabeth Eckford, one of the nine, would remark, quote, They moved closer and closer. Somebody started yelling. I tried to see a friendly face somewhere in the crowd. Someone who maybe could help. I looked into the face of an old woman and it seemed a kind face. But when I looked again, she spat at me." End quote. September 9th, Little Rock School District gave a statement condemning the governor's deployment of soldiers. They called for a prayer service to be held citywide on September 12th. President Eisenhower would call Phobos for a meeting in an attempt to defuse the situation. At this meeting, Eisenhower warned Phobos not to go against the Supreme Court ruling. The mayor of Little Rock, Woodrow Wilson Mann, would contact President Eisenhower asking to send in federal troops to back up integration and protect the nine students. September 24th, Eisenhower invoked Insurrection Act of 1807. This gives the President power to deploy US military and Federal National Guard 
in the U.S. in certain circumstances, like disorder, disorder or rebellion. He ordered the 101st Airborne Division to Little Rock and federalized all 10,000 of Arkansas National Guard taking control from Phobos. Minnie Jean was taunted in December 1957. This taunt was done by a group of white boys at lunch. She purposely dropped her lunch on top of the boys and she was suspended for six days. The abuse continued with Minnie Jean being suspended two months later for the remainder of the year. Eventually, Minnie Jean transferred to New Lincoln School in New York. Summer 1958, the school year was winding down. Phobos petitioned to postpone the decision by the Federal District Court to desegregate public high schools in Little Rock. Cooper v. Aaron case, the Little Rock School District, with Phobos backing, fought to delay desegregation for two and a half years, which would have African-American students only allowed into public high schools in the January 1961. Phobos was arguing if inter integration remained, vi remained violence would increase. But August 1958, federal courts ruled against this delay. This led to Phobos calling an extraordinary session of the state legislature on August 26th to enact his segregation bill. He claimed Little Rock had the right and freedom to go against the federal decision. In September 1958, Phobos signed acts to let him and Little Rock's school district close all public schools. So with the bill signed on Monday 15th of September, Phobos ordered four public schools to close, stopping both the African-American students and white students going to school. With the city's population affected, they were given a vote with a referendum to condone or condemn Phobos's law. On September 27, just a week before the referendum, Phobos addressed the citizens to try to secure votes. He urged them to vote against in integration as he was planning to lease public school buildings to private school. This, he said, would have the white and African-American students educated separately. Phobos won the referendum. The year would then be later become known as the lost year. The window came with consequences that affected society. The intention regarding private schools were blocked by an injunction which had some in Little Rock turn on the African-American community. The African-American community became targeted with hate crimes. Daisy Bates, head of NAACP in Little Rock, was a victim of these hate crimes, along with those enrolled in Little Rock Central High School and their families. The teachers were also in a very difficult situation. They had to swear loyalty to Phobos. Even with the private school plan blocked, the teachers were bound by contract to attend school every single day. May 1959, after firing a total of 44 teachers and admin staff from four high schools, three seg segregationist board members were replaced with three moderate ones. The new members gave those who were fired their jobs back. The new board then started to reopen the schools. 
with complications prior to schools were opened earlier than usual on August 12, 1959. With the last year now over, opinions still hadn't changed, with African-American students not being welcomed by other students. Eventually, normal function would come, but from the last year came newfound hatred to the African-American students in the public high schools. Phobos' opposition to desegregation was probably political and racially motivated. In 1956, Phobos did show he was considering going with the High Court decision, but the Southern Democratic Party said no. They were the dominant of all Southern parties at the time. Phobos would risk losing support in the 1958 Democratic primary if he showed support. Most stories about the crisis have Phobos being pressured as he campaigned for a third term, so to make the voters happy, those who were racist led, he called the National Guard to stop the African-American students entering Central High. James Johnson, who was former associate of the Arkansas Supreme Court, claimed to have tricked Phobos into calling the National Guard to prevent what would be a fictional white mob stopping the integration. They made Phobos believe there was a mob, an angry mob, huge, lining up. After Phobos found out there was no such mob, Johnson claimed Phobos asked him to make a mob appear to justify his actions. Harry Ashmore, editor of the Arkansas Gazette, is 1958, he won the Pulsar, prize for his editorial on the crisis. He portrayed the crisis was created by Phobos. He would claim Phobos used the National Guard to keep the African-American students out because he was angry at his opponents having success using segregationists to stir our white voters. Little Rock Central High School is now a National Historic Site housing a civil rights museum. In 1996, seven of the Little Rock Nine appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show. They came face to face with those who tormented them and one who befriended them. In February 1997, members created Little Rock Nine Foundation, establishing a scholarship program. In 2013, the foundation decided to exclusively fund students attending the Clinton School of Public Service at the University of Arkansas. President Bill Clinton honored the Little Rock Nine in November 1999. He presented each with a Congressional Gold Medal. This was given to those who have provided outstanding service to their country. To receive this, you must be co-sponsored by two-thirds of both House and Senate. On February 9, 2010, Marquette University honored the nine by presenting them with Pierre Marquette Discovery Award, the university's highest honor, one that's been given to Mother Teresa, Archbishop Tutu, Carl Rayner and the Apollo 11 astronauts. As for the Little Rock Nine, Melba Patello Beals graduated from San Francisco State University with a bachelor's in journalism. She went on and got a PhD from the University of San Francisco. She was a reporter at the San Francisco NBC and wrote two books. She currently serves as the communication department at Dominican University. Carlota Walls Lanner graduated from University of Northern Colorado and serves as president of the Little Rock Nine Foundation. She is a real estate broker and operates a company with her son. 
Elizabeth Eckford graduated from Central State University with a bachelor's degree in history and currently lives in Little Rock. She was the probation officer for the First Division Circuit Court of Polanski County. She also served in the US Army as a military journalist and was a social studies teacher. Ernest Green went to Lehman Brothers in 1987 as a senior managing director and has served on many boards like NAACP. In 1992, a movie of his life called The Ernest Green Story was created by Disney. It made the Black Enterprise Magazine 2006 list of 75 most powerful blacks on Wall Street. Gloria Ray Karlmark was editor-in-chief of Computers Industry. She then went to the Netherlands to work for Philips Telecommunications, retiring in 1994. Jefferson Thompson served in the US Army and was sent to South Vietnam. He worked in a family business before earning his bachelor's in a business administration. He retired in 2004 and sadly died in 2010 from pancreatic cancer. Minnie Jean Brown Tricky graduated from Southern Illinois University with a degree in journalism and then another degree from Carlito University, Canada in social work. She then became a social activist and served in the Clinton administration as a Deputy Assistant Secretary for Workforce Diversity at the Department of the Interior. She also was in a documentary about her life and returned to Canada. Terence J. Roberts got a PhD from Southern Illinois University in Psychology. Then he was CEO of Terence J. Roberts & Associates, a manager consultant firm. He was also assistant dean at the UCLA School of Welfare from 1985 until 1993. He has also written books about, a racis about racism based on his own experience. Antelma Mothershed Wire worked at a juvenile detention center. She also worked in the East St. Louis, Illinois school system for 28 years, retiring in 1994. She lives in Little Rock. Thank you all for listening. Next time I'll be looking at the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, also called the BP oil spill. It began April 20, 2010 in the Gulf of Mexico on the BP-operated Macondo Prospect. It is considered to be the largest marine oil spill in history of the petroleum industry. The US federal government estimated discharge of 210 million gallons. Several failed efforts would eventually end September 19, 2010, with the well being declared sealed. The Deepwater Horizon spill is said to be the largest environmental disaster in world's history. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil.